What we've really concentrated on as, as we continue to learn and adapt to the world today and, and to the nonprofit and overall workforce crisis that exists is really focus on you know, our culture of the organization, really build up the strengths, promote the strengths, support staff. And we really try to replicate that family environment here at Children's Friend. Welcome to the Higher Podcast. I'm Tyler Wentworth, your host, president, and co-founder at The Hire. I'm excited to share with you our second episode. I sat down with David Caprio. David Caprio is the president and CEO of Children's Friend, the innovative leader in improving the well-being and healthy development of Rhode Island's most vulnerable young children. Thank you for checking out our second episode. Let's get right into it. I've been with Children's Friends since 2000, have held a, a couple of different positions, and um, became the uh, the CEO back in 2007. And I'm a finance person by background. Uh, so I came to, when I first came to Children's Friend, I came as the director of finance. That's the background I bring and get to work with, you know, a team of educators and social workers and nurses and nutritionists and many other disciplines to uh, to create the organization that we have today. What can the nonprofit world do better? And what have you guys done to, to really bring that top tier talent to your organization? What we've really concentrated on as, as we continue to learn and adapt to, to the world today and, and to, the, um, to the nonprofit um, and overall workforce crisis that exists. And so, you know, when I talk about the culture of our organization, we talk, we, we serve obviously children and families, and, and we believe kids do best when they're in a loving and safe family environment. And we really try to replicate that family environment here at Children's Friend. And we have really invested um, to, to continue that culture of family. We're there to support each other, uh, whether that be, you know, flexibility in work arrangements, uh, hours, schedules, time off, but really, you know, in, investing in employee and and someone who's worked for us and, and given it its all and, you know, needs a little bit of flexibility here and there that, you know, that's what we, I think we can really um, continue to do. I think we've done it pretty well, you know, just that this organization kind of building on that, you know, that family culture. Uh, you don't you don't come to the nonprofit world first of all for to make a lot of money. It's it's yeah. not why people come. <laughs> they come because they really want to make an impact on the mission. They really have a passion for the work that we do. I don't think that's an excuse for nonprofits to you know not pay adequate wages. But we're probably not going to be you know industry leading um, across many industries. Um, so you know we really try to support that and cultivate that as much as possible. We try to be responsive to the family that we're working with our, our employees and we know that a lot of young people coming out of colleges now are coming out with lots of student loan debt and you know just just last year we introduced a new benefit here where the agency um, contributes to pay back your student loans um, you know just to kind of be responsive to the needs so I, I think the more we can adapt and be flexible and you know really meet the needs of our family here so that we can take care of the kids and families that we serve. I was with a, a group of business owners and, and CEOs the other day, and the, the key takeaway was everybody's talking about how tough it is to hire good people right now and the shortage of qualified uh, applicants. And I think really what it came down to was it's retention, right? The, the biggest thing you can do to, to keep from having these issues of going out and hiring people is keep the people you have. 
Yeah, it's um, it's been a challenge. I I will say that, and um, you know, and we certainly, unfortunately, have lost some good people and who just got incredible opportunities that you know no one could blame them for taking. Yeah. But we really, we really have and continue to focus on um, um, retention and 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 keeping people both engaged in their work, but also, you know, understanding what we're trying to accomplish here and what their piece is. You know, we have an ambitious vision for where we want to be and the impact we want to make in t- by 2025 here in Rhode Island. And so, you know, really trying to help our staff understand their role in that, their part in that, and the impact that they can have um, at the same time, as well as, you know, supporting them and really trying to work with our managers and supervisors to make sure that we are being as responsive and flexible as possible with our staff. You know, one of the things we learned during the pandemic is, um, you know, there's there's lots of opportunities for flexibility that we never thought possible, right? I, I mean, I never thought I would be doing supervision with staff um, through Zoom. And you know what? It works pretty darn well. So um, I think it has challenged us in mostly a good way to become, you know, a lot more flexible and um, and and retain as as many good staff as we as as we can. Yeah, yeah. How has that impacted your staff? The the school closings. I mean, how does that affect the staff when you're ex- they're expecting childcare? How have you dealt with that as a leader? It's been a huge challenge. It's such a stressor on a family, whether, you know, whether it's a mom or a dad, you know, probably over 85% of our workforce is female. Um, And um, in in today's reality, um, a majority of taking care of children falls on, um, on women in our workforce. When you're you're expecting to be able to drop a child off at childcare or school, and then, you know, for the next seven days, that's not an option. It creates such stress on people to try to find alternate arrangements. Is there a family member who can care for somebody? So we really have, on our end, tried to be, look, if you know you have a child care issue and you need time off, you know, you need the time off. If it's something where you have a child care issue and someone can be at your house by 10, but you usually were in the classroom at eight, you know, come in at 10. There is no other option, right? We have a good employee who we want to keep. Um, who is having challenges caused by a pandemic that nobody expected and nobody knew how to deal with. Um, But on the same side of that, you know, that creates a lot of stress on supervisors. You know, they're working on schedules constantly on trying to figure out coverage on coworkers. Um, You know, so it's, it's how do you balance that? And we have days where the entire staff you know, we close all our classrooms, our entire staff comes together uh, for meetings, you know, just to kind of break the cycle for for a day or two and allow people to, you know, catch their breath. Yeah, I mean, how do you get a pulse on the mental health of, of your staff? I mean, with everything that's going on, it's got to be a, a, a tough, <laughs> a tough job right now. It absolutely is. And, and honestly, you know, at, at the very beginning of the pandemic, I don't know that we paid enough attention to that. Mm. Um, our, you know, we were all reacting to um, the pandemic and how it hit us personally. And honestly, our staff, they were mostly focused on how it hit our families that we serve. And, you know, some of our families, you know, live at that safety net level and they were immediate and dramatic negative impacts from the pandemic on our families. And staff were literally on a daily basis delivering food to families just so they had something to eat until food banks reopened. You know, six months into this, we're we're just burnt out. Um, and, and that's when we really said we need to stop paying attention to this. We need to, you know, make sure that our staff don't get burnt out because that doesn't help anyone for the long run through, you know, additional time off. We, we did, you know, um, you know, emergency paid time off for staff in addition to, you know, sick and vacation that was allowed. Emergency pay was was a benefit we rolled out. We also rolled out um, a online um 
you know, kind of um, mental health support system um, where, you know, people could um, sign up and, you know, have access to um, all types of different resources to help them, you know, just reduce the stress in their life, relax a little bit, get some quiet time, certainly reach out for professional help if needed. Um, and, um, you know, those things have been very well received um, by staff and also just, you know, regular check-ins with staff, you know, how you doing? Um, really having, making sure that managers are, are touching base with staff and we're touching base with our managers. Simple little things like sending them a gift card, you know, thank you. Uh, it's been a tough six months. It's been a tough year. And, and just sending that out and, and saying thank you to staff, it really means a lot because it's important that staff know that, you know, the, the agency understands to some point what they're going through and, and, and is here to support them. We've tried to really do things like that to recognize and appreciate our staff during this. Tell me a little bit more about Children's Friend, their mission, some of the programs, there's a lot, there's a lot of programs. How is How have those expanded over the years? Do you, do you bring new initiatives every year or kind of how, how have it developed since your time there? Just to give you some history first, we're an agency that goes back to 1834. We were founded in the India Point section of Providence as an orphanage in 1834. And we were founded at a time when, you know, government didn't take care of children. There was no child welfare system and kids were literally abandoned on the street. Um, many of the street um, names, families from Rhode Island, so the industrialists were concerned about, you know, kids being abandoned on the streets and, and you know, walking the neighborhoods, being hungry. And so they recruited a woman, Harriet Weir, a school teacher from Massachusetts who is the founder of Children's Friend. And Harriet came to Rhode Island to found the Children's Friend home, which was an orphanage. And it was to take kids in off the street who were literally you know, out there on their own. Harriet being a school teacher said, well, I'm not just gonna take these kids in, I'm gonna teach them and, and give them some type of education for a future. Adoption and foster care is still core to what we do. Although nowadays, so much of our work is focused on community-based prevention. Our mission here at Children's Friend is to be the innovative leader in improving the well-being and healthy development of Rhode Island's youngest and most vulnerable children. We want kids to be safe in their communities and growing in loving homes. That's where we want them to be. Programs like Head Start, which is a, you know an anti-poverty program from the 60s, which is education, but all the types of support services for families, uh, for low-income families and kids at risk. You know, programs like WIC, Women, Infants, Children, a nutrition program. We do a lot of home visiting. We work with our child welfare system here in the state and we do home visiting in both child welfare and through some other prevention programs. Uh, we work in the disabilities area through early intervention. We do child care, you know, pre-K classrooms, nurse home visiting, different types of evidence-based home visiting and, and really focus on those families. We're going to work with a family mainly because they have a child under the age of five. So a pregnant mom with a child up to age five. That's the reason we're involved with a family. When we get involved with a family, we don't just work with that target child. We work with the entire family because we know that it's not just about a child. It's about the family environment. You know, whatever we do in a classroom, if a child is going home to abuse or neglect, it doesn't matter what we do in the classroom. It's going to be wiped out the, the, the um, advances. So we really try to work with and support the entire family through any challenges that they may be having. And, and our goal is to make sure that as many children as possible in Rhode Island grow and develop in those earliest years as healthy and as safe and as normally as possible. So I want to get to uh, a couple things on 
the you know the luncheon right which i've been a part of now for three or four years um amazing event obviously last year you guys had to pivot do it virtually which i think was still a pretty big success but you know i mean the first time i went to that event i was just amazed at the turnout how have you developed such such i mean you have auctioneers there i mean you it's it's a wild lunch like how, how did that structure come about how did some of those things come into place to make it such a big event you know the luncheon is a major fundraiser for children's friend and it, it helps fund our work building on the concept of family everybody everybody involved with the um the luncheon or any event we do is, is part of our children's friend family so you know we certainly have employees who we need to be part of our family but we have donors we have volunteers um you know we have board members we have friends who all come together to help us to do to do our work and so it's very important to our mission and we have our you know so many corporations and individuals who support the event financially so many volunteers um who help you know direct it and lead it and um you know we have sponsors you know the hire and others who come forward to help sponsor the event even our auctioneers that you say right those are those are friends of the organization <laughs> they they go they go up on stage and you know they put on a great act and they help us raise money but th that's all volunteer work they you know they're doing it because of their love for the work of children's friend and to want to make a difference in our community we got to bring our whole community together and um you know raise money and raise awareness for the work of children's friends so uh it's it's such an exciting event it's coming up in october and um you know this year we're going to do it as you know because you've been very much part of our planning we're going to do a, um, a hybrid event so there's going to be some people on site outdoors now on site and and you can also join it virtually you know is there a real life story that comes to mind of somebody maybe that children's friend had a big impact on um that really sticks out over the years that ha has has come full circle and almost come back to you and said, wow, you know, what a what a difference. I mean, I'm sure there's a ton, but I don't know if there's maybe one that that sticks out. One of, one of the services that we offer here at Children's Friend is what we call our Dad's Making a Difference program. So, you know, we, we work with families with young children and um, historically Children's Friend is no different. A lot of the focus of our work has been on moms and children and dads haven't always been included to the same level. So we've really had a focus uh, for a while to make sure if there is a dad or another male very involved in a child's life that we really try to involve them in our work uh, because that is key to the success of you know any, any child's development. Um, both moms and dads or dads figures and moms figures bring, bring different bring different skills and bring different advantages to a child's life and so we want to be as inclusive as possible so we've really worked hard to make sure that we include um dads and father figures um in our work so there was an individual mark um who participated went through the job training program from the program from the skills he learned went on to um you know get a get a pretty good job um make a good salary have a good career but on um, right before he was getting ready um to graduate from the program after the 13 weeks and the official graduation was held uh mark and his family were in a park in providence near their home and they saw a man gasping for breath and um it was related to probably um a substance that he had ingested there were many people bystanders around and mark ran over to him Using the skills that he learned in the job training program, um, he became CPR and first aid certified. Uh, he performed CPR on this gentleman and two of the first responders 
um, arrived and, and then they took over. But Mach was credited with saving this man's life by, by keeping his um, blood flowing and oxygen moving through his body while we waited for first responders. And so that's just an example of not even the focus of the job training program, but a benefit of the comprehensiveness of the work that we do at Children's Friend. It helped Mark get his life and his family to a much better place. And he also saved the life of somebody else in the community at the same time. Well, that, that's amazing. And I, you know, I want to thank you for giving the opportunity to work with you and, and coming on today. It was really a great conversation. The Higher Pod, Higher Podcast. You've been listening to an interview with David Caprio, CEO of Children's Friend. I'd like to thank David for the time and thoughtful conversation. If you're local to the Providence, Rhode Island area and would like to learn more about Children's Friends organization or want to find out how you can volunteer your time, join an upcoming event, make a donation, please make sure to visit www.cfsri.org. They have a couple big events coming up. There's a ton of information on their site to read through. The Higher Podcast is produced and edited by Nathan Tower at Nonsensible Productions. I'm Tyler Wentworth. Thanks for listening. Please follow The Hire as we have some really exciting interviews coming up this fall. As always, if you have questions, feedback, or want to be a guest on the show, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and follow us on Instagram at The Hire Goat, or reach out to me directly to schedule a time to speak. Until next time, I'm out.